three, two, one. Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop, public style reviews where we just have the freshest takes on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spiciest bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palettes and diversify our playlist. This is Milo live and in stereo and allow me to introduce Robert Lee Gill. Most of you though know him as reason. Although born in South Central, the 30-year-old rapper hails from Carson, California, and is signed with Top Dog Entertainment, according to an interview with Mass Appeal. He started as a hooper, just recording freestyles on his MacBook while he was attending school in Iowa. Eventually, once he graduated, he would, return, he would turn down a contract to play abroad in order to pursue music. And so far, if you look on Wikipedia, he's released four mixtapes and one full studio album, which is New Beginnings. If you look on Spotify, he has New Beginnings and There You Have It listed as his full studio album. So at any rate, we're here to talk about his latest release, the 2020 release, New Beginnings. So Mark, what's up? So, um, you know, I was the one that kind of recommended this album for the podcast uh i'm a fan of reason i'm a fan of all tde members love that camp you know kendrick absolute schoolboy isaiah says all of them they're all dope um and so when i heard that they signed somebody else in reason i was like uh you know i don't know uh when i heard his first mixtape album where you gonna call it do you have it bars i thought he had bars i thought it was great you know all this other stuff had me hyped for this uh album I don't know what to say. There's tracks I absolutely love. And then there's just kind of like, eh, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't think this is a bad album by any means, but I also don't think this is like as good as I was hoping it would be. Cause I do think he's immensely talented. And so from a guy that's talent with this much talent, I kind of expected a little more from this album. But if like most people came up with this album, I'd be like, oh yeah, no, this was great. Like this was an amazing album, you know? So I thought it was really good. Um, he said a lot of, like a lot of serious topics, you know, he talked about a lot of real stuff. Um, you know, some nice lyricism, like I expected from him, bars, great feature list, Absol, of Ben Staples, uh, Schoolboy Q, you know, uh, Isaiah Rashad, JID, you know, great, great feature list on this project. And all the features did their thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it wasn't, it didn't reach the bar that I kind of had set for previously before listening to it. But I did think it was a good album. Alan, what about you? So what you were saying about, hey, here comes this new guy to TDE uh, that comes with a lot of like huge expectations and no, not knowing anything besides that, not having heard his mixtapes coming into this album, I was pretty underwhelmed by this, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's one song on this that I feel like he just kind of ripped the beat off of um, DNA by Kendrick Lamar. And there's also, the, like the feature list is really good. Like getting Absol and Schoolboy Q on your album is like mm-hmm. obviously great, but there's, I feel like they just had better verses on their songs, like the Vince Staples yeah. verse. Than true, true. All the features are signed for the most part. And and see, and I don't know what to say about that because on the one hand, it makes the song better, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, what did I learn from this album? Like, Jid is really good. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I already knew that, um, but I couldn't. It's hard for me to say this is what a Reason song sounds like. Mm-hmm. when i'm thinking about like like songs that just ended with schoolboy q you yeah. know um so this really wasn't doing it for me which kind of sucks because i had a high bar coming in but mm-hmm. pass it off to milo so i enjoyed this album a lot and i think that's mostly in part because i didn't know who reason was prior and hadn't heard or at least hadn't heard with knowledge of who you just like na- niggas with names like logic reason <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't have any anything to compare it to so um, i i enjoyed the album listening to this what it was like it's very 
focused on lyrics, punchlines, wordplay, and that sort of thing. And the production was was good. It's I would say above average. So if I were recommending this to somebody, if you're trying to listen to an album where you're, you're just having fun, you're like you're just trying to slump in your car or, or stunt or whatever, this is not the album for that. This is an album that you actually listen to the lyrics and try to decipher what he's saying. And there's craft in the music beyond just making you move. Mm-hmm. So personally, I think it's a good work of art, but if anyone is not really thrilled about some of the elements I mentioned in it, then it's probably not for them. That's fair, that's fair. Um, what were some standout songs to y'all? Oh, no. <laughs> I think, by the way, no. Uh, I think the song, by the way, Alan, that was it Showstop? The one well, who said rip the beat off from DNA? No, because um, Showstop is the one that literally has Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick on like the, the yeah. yeah. But the song that I was mentioning is called Stories I Forgot. Okay. Mm, okay. The beat, like, next time you listen to it, you'll hear this re- This really sounds like a DNA type beat. Like go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Uh, and it, to the point where it was like taking me out of the song and I try not to I think when we talked about the B.O.B. record I came across as kind of like this isn't original so I'm not gonna like it but mm-hmm. for me in this case it was I just will slip into the mindset of I'm expecting DNA to come up I'm expecting a Kendrick Lamar verse I'm expecting the chorus to be talking about DNA and it's the instrumental is so clearly either like directly ripped from it mm-hmm. or it's just like, I can tell that the same producer who worked on Dam was going to come back and made this song. But go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, it's funny because you mentioned that because for that song, my notes were like, the the voice he was doing was odd and it felt like some Kendrick type shit. That's what I actually put mm-hmm. on the song was that like, it felt like he was trying to do when like, when Kendrick will kind of pitch his vocal or do a different vocal inflection, yeah. it seemed like Reason was doing that exact same thing. So even though the song didn't sound exactly like DNA to me, it did sound like a Kidrick ripoff to me. And there's a few, there's a few points in this album that also kind of have that feeling. And then to just have, I don't know, I, I wish I could come with this album without knowing about TDE and without knowing like his involvement with all the artists who are on TDE. Cause then maybe I came into this album thinking like, is this going to sound like Kendrick Lamar is going to kind of, try to be Kendrick Lamar and to me it did but I don't know if that was influenced by me looking for that or not so I had a question about the song Showstop so I thought when I when it first started and it does the wait 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 that I I was like that sounds like Kendrick Lamar but then I looked yeah. for a feature and I didn't see him listed so is he featured on the song or did he just like feature some of his vocals from a song Kendrick made and sampled it and put it in the song? I mean, it honestly could have been either because I'm almost pretty sure I've heard Kendrick do that way. I'm almost sure I've heard that him doing it in another song. And so, I mean, they all use like the TDE, they all use the same engineer in their camp and all that shit. So they have all those files. So it's very possible they could have just added those vocals to the track. It's very possible Kendrick could have came in and did those vocals and just not given him like name credit as a feature for doing ad libs, you know? Like, you know, because I mean, apparently, you, like, you don't have to put somebody as a feature, even if they're on a song. I know um, uh, Tyler did that when he released uh, Igor, and I think maybe even originally Flowerboy, only like a couple songs had the features listed, even though a ton of songs had features. And so you don't like have to, especially if it's like maybe not in the agreement with the artist. And with them being in the same label, oh, I could easily imagine, like, yeah, like, it's, especially for AdLibs, like, there's no need to put them as a feature, probably. You know, so but and that the other was thing, Kendrick. Hey, yeah, and the other thing that I would say about that is if Kendrick Lamar had like a listed feature on this album, then I feel like the whole album would be like, Oh, Kendrick Lamar has a verse on this new yeah, album. Yeah, people would have been waiting be for that. Focus. Yeah, for that song. So I don't like Kendrick Lamar is famous enough that I don't really hold hold it against reason in any kind of like super negative way that he wouldn't list it there. I imagine if Kendrick demanded to have the feature on the title of the song he could have had that but i really think the album would just shift to like kendrick hype if that makes sense yeah um 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, what do you think about the intro? So I did feel like this did start off strong. Like, it started off the way I expected. Like I said, I'm, I'm the only one here who previously listened to a recent project. And this started off the way I expected. Like, very kind of solemn, deep, you know, talking about, like, life and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, what y'all think of the first track, Something More? Yeah, what so you said, I, I, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I actually didn't love it. I thought the production was kind of cool. Um, but it, see, it, it did the same thing that all, how all the Kendrick Lamar albums start, like with a lot of talking and kind of like with the storytelling, that's what really kind of tuned my ear into thinking in this album, how much Kendrick Lamar am I going to be like looking for or feeling on this? Mm -hmm. And it just kind of followed, not like the same structure as like a good kid, Mad City but I can tell that TDE had a blueprint of how this record is supposed to kind of progress on its way. And mm -hmm. that felt like a really Kendrick style structure, but go ahead, Milo. I was just going to say that what Mark said is basically what I had written down. The production had a nice reflective vibe to it. The content was pretty much introspective. And so I started off saying this album has a lot of lyricism. Personally, I think that this line is weak, but this is an example of the kind of stuff he does. It's not the best example. There are way better lines. He says, uh, me and Shoddy was creeping in the, uh, me and Shoddy was creeping in the Honda. We was on the same accord, but also riding in the same accord. Mm. So mm -hmm. yep, that kind of stuff. There's a lot more of that done better, in my opinion, throughout a lot of this album. Um, and like, he's getting, like he, one part you said introspective. That's what I noticed about, it's weird, like, he he never like halfway on any of the songs in terms of like the way he did his lyricism. Like either he was just bullshitting and like just rapping about typical just regular rap shit, or he was introspective as fuck. Like it was one of the two. It was never just kind of like my introspection, you know, with bars or whatever. Like like I feel like a Vince Staples is really good at doing like you know very introspective lyrics, but it also just sounds like he's just kind of like spit for fun at the same time. Um, whereas Reason on the songs, it was like songs where he's either just complete talking about bullshit and rapping or he's being introspective as fuck, you know? Um, and this song, he has one line on the song where he says like, doom, doom locked up and I'm worried about hoes, nigga, you know? Uh, and like, uh -huh. like that's how, you know, that was a line that really stuck out to me is, you know, like, you know, I don't know, just he, a lot of this, a lot of this album, he's talking about just a lot of just dark shit that's, you know, he's going through it, going through his mind or contemplating a lot. So I felt like this was a good kind of uh, starting off point for the album, you know? One line that I found funny and I can't decide if I really like it or really dislike it, mm -hmm. but when he's talking about, I got a lot in store. I got a lot. I feel like Bed Bath and Beyond because I got a lot in store. Yeah, so uh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the one that I remember the most from this song. Mm -hmm. uh, can't say if it's like great or bad. Uh, probably I'll go with great just because I've been negative and I remember it. So it's got to be at least a little good, right? One of my uh, one of my favorite songs production wise was Favorite Nigga um just simply because of the beat switch i thought that was one of the coolest things i had seen not obviously just a beat switch in general but how this song's a hype track you know and he's just talking about how he's how he's his own favorite nigga and like he's just doing the super hype flow and then halfway through it switches to the smoothest fucking beat but he keeps the same exact flow and so this hella hyped flow works even on the smooth as beat and to me it just takes you into like a different world that you're kind of like floating into and i just thought that was the dopest shit how they were able to pull that off like usually if you got a hype beat and a slow mellow beat the same flow shouldn't work for both of them but he was able to do the same flow and it just I don't know. What, what did y'all think about that? Because to me, that that was like a highlight of this album. You, so you mentioned the thing that I actually appreciated the most about the beat switch is how it kind of worked rhythmically, even mm -hmm. though like the rest of the production seemed to go from the hype to more of the like, I would describe it as like a relaxed smoking weed type mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of song. Mm -hmm. But like you said, the the reason it, why it works so well for me is because 
it just kind of stays in rhythm so well. And mm -hmm. you go from like part A to part B and just a really great transition. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did. Thank you for pointing that out because it is something that I heard and remembered. But Milo? I think the reason it works so well is that it, it how can I put this? When you're making movies and art and stuff, it's always best to just do what's already been done, but just change it a little bit. And when I, like, it reminded me of Money Trees. Mm, okay. mm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but right. the his lyric, his presence on, on the song, his delivery, the only thing I could describe that as was BDE. Like, I, I don't even think I was listening to what the man was saying. I was like, the level of confidence here is off of the charts. I'm, I'm blown away. It was one of, I wouldn't say one of my favorite, but I really did enjoy this song as yeah. well. That's, I mean, it's definitely like like when I after I played this album and I started going back to songs. This was one of the ones that like was just a constant going back to, you know. Um, this and then pop shit with Schoolboy Q. So I've heard this. I heard this song months ago because this was released as a single, and I was stoked. You know, when I, anything of Schoolboy Q comes on, listen to it. Um, first of all, I just gotta say, even though his most recent albums, in my opinion, were kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Schoolboy Q, since he has came into the game, murks every single feature he is on. I do not care what artist, what song, he will destroy you on a feature. And like, something about his voice is so grimy. And so like, when you put him on a grimy ass beat, like Schoolboy sounds so hood in that shit. And like, oh my God, when I heard him coming on this pop shit, bro, I was like, bruh. Like, this just made me want to hear Schoolboy over this whole song, bro. Like, and kind of what you were saying earlier, Alan, like, like features outshining him. Like, when I hear this song, I kind of just wait for Schoolboy's part, you know? Like, I, like, you know, the beat is good enough for me to listen through Reason's part, but I just want to hear Schoolboy over this beat because that shit was hard. See, and that's why I'm so, like, I don't know why I feel bad kind of traction this album too much because like you said when schoolboy comes in and his voice is so deep and raspy mm -hmm. it just works so well uh but then but then you say like well what how was reasons verse and it was like well it i guess it flowed pretty well with the beat mm -hmm. compared to like schoolboy coming in with like such force mm -hmm. um but milo this was the this is one of the songs i didn't enjoy as much and okay. it's because the, the lyricism wasn't I was about to say, it's probably the lyricism. I was about to say that. <laughs> <It's> stunning. <laughs> <laughs> and then the production to me wasn't anything remarkable. Then the content, the, this was one of the songs where you were mentioning earlier, like he's just like rapping, like it's yeah. just braggadacious lyrics. So it was like, I could, I could, I wouldn't skip it. Like if it came on, I wouldn't skip it, but I'm not actively like, yo, put CD in, oh, we don't listen to CDs anymore. Yo, give, <laughs> here's the ox. <laughs> yeah, go, to, go to that song. Past generation came to your mind real quick. Yeah, it's like <laughs> old days. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely, like, this and Favorite Nigga are the two most trappiest songs on this album by far. No question. Um, you know. In fact, all three of the, like, what you, what you could consider trap in any way she performed songs are all in a row. Pop Shit, Showstop, and Favorite Nigga. All those three songs are in a row, which I feel like you kind of did on purpose in a way too also, because like when I go back and listen to this album, or let me say, put this, like I probably wouldn't go back and listen to this album if those songs were more sporadically placed maybe, but because they're so close together, a lot of times I'll go back to this album, I'll start with Pop Shit, listen through Showstop, and then end on Favorite Nigga. And then, you know, go and listen to something else or whatever like it actually keeps me coming back to the album the fact that you just press play and hear these three bangers in a row so so i have something that's like i have something to say about that and because i definitely agree and i felt like the first half of this album was damn and the second mm -hmm. half of this album was good kid mad city where mm. like a lot of the songs in the like first half are trap inspired and there's a lot of like weird voice inflection over trap 808s mm -hmm. in the second half of the album we have songs like west side and gossip and even like slow down that really feel more melodically inspired and have more of that r&b hinge mm -hmm. that uh 
I don't know, maybe those those are just the two albums that came to mind as I was listening to each kind of separate half. Mm-hmm. And really there was like a clear kind of shift in my mind between yeah. the taps. And I would, I strongly agree with that. Like to me, there is a very distinct shift uh, in the album. Uh, and it probably, actually, yeah, it comes pretty much after Favorite Nigga, you know? Um, I think right after that, yeah, right after Favorite Nigga, it really takes a more mellow kind of somber tone to it. And there's like little spots here and there where uh, like Flick It Up, Flick It Up is a more upbeat tempo song, you know, in the second half, but that's it. Every other song yeah. in the second half of this album is very, very, very mellowed out. I don't know. I feel. I was just. I feel like when you when you come in and you're on you're signed to a label like TDE, bro. Like, like you already got such high expectations for you, bro. Like, it see, but it's it's a catch twenty two because you know you're gonna fucking have Absol and Kendrick Lamar on your album. Yeah, yeah. But you you gotta fucking be better than them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you automatically well. get some great features. You know, automatically you're getting. Are, I mean, pro- most people would admit the best rapper in the game now is you can guarantee you're going to get a feature from them. Um, and then all these other grades, you know. Um, and for example, the Isaiah Rashad feature, you know, like, yeah, I like people have been begging for more Isaiah Rashad music for like three years, bro. I guess it's been a minute, you know, mm-hmm. and every time, every year, it's like, oh, Zay's album's done, you know, his album was supposed to come up before School Boy Q's album. School Boy Q's album came out a year ago, or was it almost two years ago now? Um, you know, people have been begging for Isaiah Rashad music, and, you know, two years we were told it's done being mixed. Like, they, like the album was done, it was done being made, so I don't know what happened. I don't know if it got shelved because he pissed off somebody in TDE. I don't know. I do know he deals with, like, like mental, you know, issues, anxiety, and depression, and so mm-hmm. like, that was a big thing that attracted to me Talking to me too when I first started hearing him is that like he deals with a lot of that so like I don't know if that partially delayed the release too but like people love Isaiah Rashad and so people hella do dude they love him yeah. and when he was on Kitty Beats um or not album uh episode The Cave or whatever fucking we got a Kenny posted on YouTube like next week, Isaiah Rashad episode coming out you know or whatever and you see him and Isaiah Rashad in the cave. So they recorded the whole episode. Kenny Beast never uploaded it. And so from every video, oh. every video of the cave afterwards, uh, every comment is like, where's the Zay episode? Where's the Zay Wop episode? <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like they even had a, uh, I definitely showed Milo, but uh, I might have showed you too, but the rapper TJX9 or something like that, the scam rapper. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, So he did an episode of The Cave, right? And in the preview to the episode, like, like before the episode even starts, you just see uh, TJ in the room, you know, with his bodyguard, and Kenny's not even there, all the lights are off, and he's on a laptop, and he's, like, moving all this shit to his hard drive. <laughs> he, he takes all of Kenny's bead samples and moves them to his hard drive, and he takes the Isaiah Rashad episode and moves it to his hard drive. <laughs> It's just like the funniest shit. I started dying. Fucking stealing all the beats. Yeah, and then afterwards he would have posted on his Instagram, should I release a Zaywap episode? And I just started <laughs> dying, bro. But like that's how much people want new Isaiah Rashad, you know. And he's not featured on anybody's shit. And so once again, being on TDE, you get privileges to great features like Isaiah Rashad, you know. Yeah. Even even Jid, because Jid made um the never story and then a year later fucking dropped DiCaprio too mm-hmm. and that was now over two years ago and like I've been two years ago Jesus dude that was summer 2018 like yeah DiCaprio 2 was such a good album bro it's so good dude Dica- DiCaprio 2 is amazing album um uh, I know, and I just want more Jig because the Never Story is really good too. I'm just like expecting that. I tried it. I couldn't get into the Never Story, but to your own. He's a great rapper. I just couldn't do the production. Whereas on the Caprio 2, he had, in my opinion, better production to match his rap talents. Yeah, I mean, I like DiCaprio 2 more, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but I also really like Never Story, though. Yeah. So, long uh, story short, I want a new album. 
stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Milo uh, has some connection issues, but he's back in right now. So we're going to get back into some of the points we were discussing. Um, but Milo, we actually brought up a couple of topics just real quick to kind of want to actually throw by you real quick. So one thing we mentioned is that, you know, with, um, you know, songs like pop shit and getting such great features, like being part of TDE, that's one thing that, you know, you're getting automatically. It's great features, you know. Um, you're getting the Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, Absol, you know, Isaiah Rashad. And we were talking about how much people love Isaiah Rashad, you know, and have been waiting for a new music for him for like three years now. But, you know, Reason was able to get a feature. And like, do you think like that's a benefit or like maybe a negative because it doesn't force you to like really kind of hold up your own album? Not saying whether he did or didn't hold up this album, but do you just in general, do you think that's like a benefit or a negative? Yes. If so, I think it's a negative. Mm -hmm. If it's like a debut album, like if it's your first mm -hmm. album, this isn't his first album, but, but in generally speaking, I think that you should have to prove yourself on your own first before you start adding features. But if you've already pulled your weight and demonstrated that you can hold your own, I see it. I see it being a benefit because it just adds to what is already good. Mm -hmm. So that would be my opinion on that. So no, if it's your first time, like your first album, you need to be light on the features. Mm -hmm. Then again, I say that, but I think of, I think of uh, what was it called? Drake's debut album, not his mixtape why can't i remember the name of that man's first album our drake our official drake stand doesn't know the album name how crazy is that? <laughs> i can't believe this <laughs> don't you love aubrey <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm being tested <laughs> at any rate his um his debut album had alicia keys on it lil wayne and a bunch of other features so it didn't negatively affect him i don't think i think he still pretty much held his own on that album yeah and that i mean that's a sign too like if you're good enough to hold your own you know then you know that's a obviously a good sign if you can hold your own but like i guess that's one of the things about this album is that like it's easy to feel like he didn't necessarily in my opinion uh hold his own but there are times where it's like he's saying like this man really is a lyricist. Like he's really saying some shit in these songs. Um, for instance, uh, so the song Fail, where he starts talking about, uh, you know, how hard it is to like make it in this industry. And he starts off kind of rapping as if he's talking to like a female artist saying like, you know, you got bars, but all you want is that ass or some shit like that, you know, and stuff like that. I was like, yo, he's really, and like, he like does the whole verses about that, you know, it's about being a female artist. And like, he has one line that I love where he says, trying to find a manager that want to get behind you without trying to get behind her. And I was like, damn. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I mean, I can't imagine that that's probably a real thing as a female artist. Like, I, I mean, I would imagine every almost female artist probably has to go through that of like, does this guy actually want to help me in my career or is he just trying to fuck me, you know? And so, um, and then in the second verse of that song, uh, he talks about it from just a male perspective of like, you know, you come into the industry or we're going to put in your circle a bunch of fakes and whatnot we're gonna pump you full of drugs and have you and have you go mac miller or some shit like that you know and i was just like fuck you know and like i don't know it was uh it was a lot of it was like i wrote on my notes that like this is the type of stuff i expect from reason you know like the real introspective deep lyricism and my though i feel like this was like one of the type of songs you probably appreciated huh or no it reminded me of Lupe Fiasco, the and actually, which makes sense. Which now that I think about it, reminds me of Kendrick Lamar. What song does <laughs> sing about? Sing about me. Sing it's, about me is a great song. And he starts off the first half. It's like I think he's talking about witnessing a shooting, someone witnessing a shooting, like their brother getting shot. Yeah. In the second half, he's rapping from the point of view of basically a woman who's having sex for money so she can support herself. So mm -hmm. it's flipped though. In this instance, he starts off with the like female oppression first mm 
mm-hmm. and then moves on to male oppression in the music industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so like, Alan, what did you feel about a song kind of like that? So I actually liked the male, like the male perspective, second verse more mm-hmm. than first verse uh, to me. Uh, like maybe it just has to do with me being a Mac Miller fan and then mm-hmm. having that, like, especially how he brought it up at the end that you could be the next Mac Miller mm-hmm. and how all these things he, that he was building up throughout the verse, mm-hmm. like, we're going to put a lot of these like fake friends around you. We're just going to fucking load you up with drugs mm-hmm. and say, you're going to be the next Mac Miller, which on the one hand means you're going to be really successful and you're going to have a really long music career, but it's also hard to not, you know, think about Mac's death yeah. and how fucking depressed he was towards the end of his life for a lot of the time. Uh, so for me, that really hit uh, the female verse at first. It was, it was good. It was a little, I don't know. It, I don't, I don't want to say it was cliche because I don't get that a lot. Um, but I had just heard similar stuff enough times about like, yes, it definitely is hard to be a woman in the music industry and going through the like does this producer just want to fuck me or Mm -hmm. does he actually like care about like my music and think my music's good but i've seen there's even a storyline about this in the tv show the sopranos Mm -hmm. but um yeah for me the the second verse really hit more than the first for me um to just be honest but i did like overall one of the better songs on the album for sure yeah um yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, slow it down. So when I actually first listened to the song, I didn't catch too much of what was going on. But then I, you know, gave the album a couple more listens. And it was actually wasn't until just this morning I was listening to it. And it like, it kind of started to catch me more about how in this song that he's talking about in the first verse and like he's doing the same thing where and he talks about different things in his verses you know in his first verse he talked about his aborted child you know and how Mm -hmm. you know talking about my how my son died or could have been a daughter you know who knows i don't never know you know and how um that girl that he slept with you know he's like sometimes i can't sleep at night wonder if she could sleep at night probably not you know and i was just like damn and you know uh, and how it kind of like pressured her into getting the abortion and all this other kind of shit, you know? And then in the second verse, he talks about the song Better Days. So for you, those of you who don't know, Better Days was his breakout hit on his previous album. Um, and that was like a really, really great song. But then in this song, he talks about how Better Days was about, I think it's, was it his cousin or his brother? I can't remember which he, which he mentioned, but it was obviously somebody really close to him and how he didn't even tell that person that he was going to make a song about him and drop it. And he just talks about, yep, I just went to the studio, recorded a master and started touring off of it. And, you know, you just put all your, you know, family's business out there, you know, without them even getting a say or anything like that. And it was just like, and, you know, I'm like how much he's kind of feeling guilty about stuff like that, you know? And I feel also, once again, that's where I'm getting also uh, pretty strong Kendrick vibes. Kendrick has a whole song that's strongly about that in... Uh, Tip of Butterfly, uh, isn't it? Tip of Butterfly, yeah. You know, where he's drinking an alcohol bottle and talking about all this shit, you know? And so, I mean, it's easy to also see, like, where he could get his influences from, you know? Um, and reason is from Carson. Carson's the same area that Absol's from. Uh, and I'm pretty, I think I heard on his last album, Reason said that like he he knew him and Absol knew each other like way back, you know? And so like, it, it doesn't surprise me that all these people are influenced by each other. Like they've all kind of had connections through one way or another, you know? Um, but yeah, what y'all think of that song? For me, like this is where he's at his strongest. It's hitting me with just like, real stories from his life and mm-hmm. when he was dude talking about like the guilt that he feels about like making a girl have an abortion that's that's so fucking real man it was like it like took me out for a second i was like damn this is this is real all of a sudden this isn't just like another album yeah. that he's not that just, just going to listen to and forget about like this is autobiographical and then to talk about just like in verse two, he talks about after he dropped a mixtape and then just fucking getting beaten up for some reason and mm-hmm. just like all the trauma that that brought on and kind of unpacking 
both those two stories side by side was like super good it what it, like and i don't want to keep harping on this point but it really this song along with the last one we talked about really did remind me of the kendrick sing about me i'm dying of thirst mm-hmm. kind of blueprint which in this case i think works really well mm-hmm. but it's like the placement of this coming right at the end of the album really it like kind of cemented the fact that I thought the second half of this album was trying to be good kid mad city mm-hmm. and a, a little bit, but all that to say the song itself is very good. And I think that if we are going to try to take a lot of inspiration from a Kendrick Lamar, this is how it should be done for a whole album's worth. And I wish that it could have gone that whole way, but Milo. I pretty much agree with everything has been said. The only thing I would point out is that, I don't know if anyone else, the feature, Alameda, she sounded like mm-hmm. a Janae Aiko. I can see that. I can see that. I, I looked for it. I was like, oh, they got Janae Aiko on this? But yeah. the abortion yeah. thing, I appreciated it. I appreciated it when J. Cole did it on, why am I blanking on these album names? What is what is his, what, Cole World, right? That's the name of his first album? I think so, yeah. Is it? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Or is it born? Oh. Or was it Bornson? I don't. I don't know the order of J. Cole's early stuff. So I was like Cole World or Bornson or one of them. Well, I, I think it was Cole World. Born Center was the second one. Yeah. So Cole World was the first. Okay. One. But I remember the song name. It was called The Lost Ones, and he basically does from the male's perspective and then the female's perspective. So it was well executed in this album as when Reason did it. I don't really have much more to add. We can all agree this is one of the the better songs on the album. And when I think of what I want from Reason moving forward, this is the direction that I want you to go. I want it Mm -hmm. to be a little more serious. The bangers on this album really, really didn't work as much. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, at least, Mm -hmm. like Reason moving forward, this is, I think, what you are strongest at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is definitely his strong point because like, yeah, when he's doing the pop shit, favorite nigga type shit, he like there's cool bars in there and the beat's dope and his voice sounds good, but it's also you kind of just sound like also every other rapper who's doing this. Whereas like I feel like he really excels, like highly excels in songs like Slow It Down, you know. Um I and, don't know if oh, I want a whole album of it, but yeah, he excels at that shit. One thing I did want to point out about this song is it does have um Alameda, Alameda featured, but it's not a verse. Mm-hmm. She is singing in the chorus. Mm-hmm. And I think that really gives Reason the space to like kind of bloom and build an identity within mm-hmm. his verses. Um, instead of having me be like, well, did he is did he rap better than Vince Staples? No. Did he rap better than Jid? Um, I think, yeah, like I keep saying, more of this structure is gonna do you well, Reason. This is you did a great job with this one. The next three songs are all super feature heavy. So Flick It Up has Absol in it, who has a really a decently long verse. Uh, Sauce after that has Vince Stables and then Extinct, which has Isaiah Rashad and um, Jid. And Jid. And so I felt like, I, don't, I, I do feel like this album is definitely broken up into like, I can feel it almost like in pieces. Like it feels like it's ordered. Like, I don't know. Maybe a different track listing, like order, might have changed this album up for me and how I felt about it. But uh, I don't know. First of all, flick it up. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think Absol is the best lyricist in TDE. Um, Kendrick's the best rapper by far, but Absol is by far the most intricate lyricist um, in TDE, in my opinion. And I think he also showed that in this song, like. Just his his bars are just on another level. <laughs> like like Absol puts bars after bars after bars. You know, um, there were so many. I just I just was like, yeah, I'm not ever gonna write him down. Like <laughs> this is just what he does. You know. <laughs> I was spellbound by that song. It's you were yeah. I, <laughs> it's going on my playlist per, personally at least. <laughs> <laughs> what about so much did you or what did you like so much about it? The production and. So, uh, I don't know if y'all remember the No Pressure in- intro, but like the energy it brought, I just got mm-hmm. caught up. <laughs> and you know what? The triplet flow that he did, so talking about like more like technique, 
the triplet flow, it was executed well. Like it wasn't mindless and monotonous and boring Mm -hmm. as in typical, well, this isn't mumble rap, but it like mumble rap. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So I just got to, I'll point out one thing about what I think, why the absolute verse on this is like probably between that and Jid are my favorite features on this but when when he goes into pen game incredible talks about the hulk and he says big dog on t-o-p r-a-p r-a-p-g-o-d and he like works in these like he goes through this like little spelling bee thing where he talks about rap in terms of like spelling out these different kind of like acronyms that we use for just like a couple bars and it's for something that it it's a longer verse, but I feel like every single step of the way, Absol was just like killing it, killing it on like a different kind of level than mm-hmm. he previously did. And it's just like goes back to the criticism of this album. Like, you know, the problem with having Absol on your album is that he's gonna fucking rap good. Mm-hmm. And he, but Milo, you had mentioned that this isn't Reason's first album. This is my first experience with him. Um, and it is his first album listed on like Spotify. So I feel like, see, I think of it as his first album. So it just is pushing me for a little further away from this album. When my first experience, I'm walking away thinking about Absol and Jid. Um, mm-hmm. So the complications yeah. with the album thing is that when he got signed, he had already dropped that mixtape. What was it called? My little, there's something there you have more it. was it? There you have it. He had, he had, I think, already previously dropped that mixtape. And then usually when you get signed to a label, they'll, like, scrub off all your old shit off the internet and then typically, and then, you know, have you do something new. But that project was really good. And so TDE then just went and re-released it as his album for, for their first album on his label. And so that's where the confusion comes of, like, is this his debut project or is the previous one? So technically the previous album is his debut album, but that was also an album that he made for the most part before signing the TDE. Um, and so this is his like real first full project from B after being a TDE member. Yeah. Okay, that's where like yeah. a lot of that confusion comes in. But Wikipedia lists, so I just checked Spotify again. So Wikipedia lists, there you have it as a mixtape. And then if you go on Spotify, at least mine is weird. So it does this thing where it has albums and then you see there you have it. And then it says latest release. And then you see new beginnings as if they're in two separate mm. categories. But yeah, there you have it technically is a mixtape. According yeah, so, to Wikipedia, I guess. Um, but yeah, also at Absol's part where he says, I got, I got at least infinity flows, abstract asshole, Absol, infinity stone, in game for my enemy, yo, pin game, incredible Hulk, big fangs, incredible bard, big dog on T-O-P, R-A-P-G, yo, like, Jesus, yeah, like, that's it's, just it's, like, it's insane, dude. Yeah. And the part where he's just like, wait, this shit is easy as winning a spelling B, spelling the letter B, <laughs> like, it's just like, bro, like, like, this is solo, bro, like, oh my gosh, I just, I love that flow so much, bro. I'll, I can talk about him all day, so we should probably move on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was definitely a highlight. Like, I was waiting when I was going through the track list, like, and I saw that Absol was on a song. I'm, okay, I'm waiting for Absol's song. Um, what do y'all think of Vince Staples' verse on Sauce? It was very Vince Staples. <laughs> Vince Staples, like, likes long consonant sounds in his raps. Like, yes, to both, I check, mark the boxes. I, you know, like... <laughs> He really, I don't know. <laughs> like when you hear Vince Staples, you're like, yeah, I recognize, I know who that is. <laughs> but I liked it. I, I liked the, I liked his verse. Yeah. Um, there was one sign or one song where he says, uh, well, on Genius, he says, catch a pee. But when I listened to it, it sounded like he said, catch a pig, where he says, uh, hit the block, ship the bars. Yeah, catch a pig, Randy Moss. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I see. I see you, Vince Staples. (laughs) I was like, that shit clean, bro. But, um... Dude, Randy Moss has been getting so much rap love recently. Really? (laughs) For someone who hasn't played in years. I don't know. That's just a small thing. 
you know. But yeah, I mean, you expect the classic Vince Stable verse of just gangbanging lyrics. I I don't think he's ever written a verse that hasn't. Well, he has. I've heard very few verses, but like they are by far the minority where he's not talking about gangbanging or murdering somebody, but he's also <laughs> a gangbanger. And so <laughs> who has lived most of his life in the hood, you know, shooting niggas. And so <laughs> I get it. And can, I do want to say about uh, Vince's verse here, it doesn't, it, it didn't, it wasn't like Absol's where it was just like, it where it was jarring how I liked it a lot more than Reason's verse. Mm-hmm. On this song, I felt like Vince's verse was really good, mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily just like take all of the shine away from Reason. And it still was a really, really solid verse by Vince, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say great feature. And that's what kind of fills me too. It's like, I don't feel like this was the best verse by Vince Staples, but still it was just as good, if not better than Reasons, you know, which that kind of put a lot of perspective to me. And it's like, I would go to the song and be like, oh, Vince's verse isn't the best, but I still want to hear more of the Reasons. And then like, that doesn't put me in a good light for Reason, you know? But it's also, it's also because we know what, like we've been saying, we know what a Vince Staples verse sounds like. Mm-hmm. So when Reason came into this song, like, let's get, Let's get Vince Staples on this. Vince came in and just like solidly delivered, mm-hmm. which is what I think a feature ideally should be more than just way outshining the main artist. Yeah. No, agree. This is just a brief tangent. It's not you, you two are like really sensitive to because I don't I've never listened to a song and say they had like yeah, for instance, they let's say Janae Aiko on From Time. I've never like didn't listen to that song, but wow, Janae Aiko really just took the show away from <laughs> from my boy. I'm only like that's I guess why I was kind of flubbed by the question earlier, whether it's a benefit or it's detrimental to your album to have a lot of features because it's not really a competition. And I guess I only really notice the contrast between features if it's like West Side Gun and then he features someone who can actually rap like Armani. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you forever clown this nigga, bro. <laughs> probably shouldn't have put it. Milo, uh, as a as a quick response, I just want to say that I'm emphasizing it a little bit more on this album because this is the first TDE major release album for an artist, right? So to me, I need you to come in and I need you to like establish that really solid identity which maybe on the backtrack of this album, he like is starting to do a little more. But like I said, if it's your first album and I'm thinking about how great Absol is, that's, I don't know, that doesn't speak great to what I'm thinking about your next album that might not have Absol on it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But what's crazy is that, so Reason was on the Dreamville project that dropped I can't remember if it was this January or the January before, I don't know, within the past year or two, um, the Revenge of the Dreamers 3. Uh, he was on the song Lambo Truck with Cobb with Dreamville's Cause. Bro, that was the dopest song on the entire, like, 28-song project, bro. Swear to God. Um, like, I, and that's why I was like, God, like, Reason is talented. Like, he raps about fucking Robin J. Cole and then Cause raps about Robin Top Dog and how they're going to set each other's bosses up so they can rob each other's bosses. Like, it's just the dopest song. Um, and yeah, like Reason went ham on that thing. And so like, yeah, I think you, I think we definitely have a different different perspective if you had listened to his previous album first, which I'm pretty, pretty sure it's less feature heavy. Um, and you kind of have like your own opinion, but I do, I fully get if this is your first introduction to him and then your favorite parts about it are just all your previous favorite rappers you hear on it. You know, that would... Yeah, I can see how that would strongly influence, you know, how you see reason. Um, but to responding to you, Milo, I fully think rap is a competition all the time. Every time someone's on a track with somebody else, it's a competition of who has a better verse. Um, Pokemon are not tools. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's fully a competition every time. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 cool with comparing them. Um, and then Sauce, no, no, we just saw Extinct. That's the one with Isaiah Rashad, bro. As soon as I heard, heard Isaiah Rashad open this album or this track, 
I just I almost wanted to cry, bro. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I've missed this nigga so much, bro. <laughs> like, I, just, I can't wait for the next Zaywalk project, bro. <laughs> um, but I also felt like, I mean, even though Isaiah Rashad and Jid like did their thing, like reasons was good too. It wasn't bad. It just didn't stand out as much as like uh to me, I didn't, I didn't feel like Jade killed it necessarily on the song either. I feel like Isaiah had the best verse on the song, but like, I feel like they all blended pretty well on the song together. This was a song I had to, so this song and I Can Make It were two songs I had to keep playing over and over again because mm-hmm. the lyricism was just enchanting. I don't even know if they were saying it. They might have been pulling an Earl sweatshirt on me and just <laughs> saying nothing, but... The way they were saying nothing, <laughs> the lines, I used to ride it, the Honda that was black as Kodak. No more getting brain from bitches I can't learn from. Real big, like Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they hit that no... That's a great line. <laughs> ridiculous. And they hit that no pressure kid, that word to your mother shit. Boy, this that gutter shit. Like, he, I forgot, <laughs> like, Logic said that, but Reason, he was saying something different, but he was still saying it with that Logic type flow. I was like, this is... <laughs> this is too much. Like I, I stopped taking notes after this song. I said, "This man can do whatever he wants." After this, song. <laughs> I don't care. We could have straight nav yeah. features, young thug, whoever you want to bring in. <laughs> yeah, no. Re- Reason first was uh, really good, and so I'm noticing. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. I'm noticing this is something he does on his songs. Like I've heard multiple songs now of this, where he's talking to the other features that are on the song. So in this song, he says, um, Zay, I don't agree what you're talking. I ain't no regular. Fuck you think they calling me him. I'm a competitor. You know, leveling young veteran, more lines than editors. I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm like, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought that, I just thought, I thought that line, no more getting bridge, brain from bitches I can't learn from. I When I heard that, I was like, yo, that's a great bar. <laughs> that's a great bar, bro. <laughs> so, Alan, what's up? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the better songs on the album. I wish I wish that I could have brought up the, the brain lines, uh, but... Uh, I guess if I had to pick one more, uh, one more like verse or line to point out, um, I don't know. This one isn't like clever or anything, but he, he just goes, "Bitch, you are doorbell dumb," <laughs> and like, and that was at the end. That was the beginning of verse three, and it just fucking made me laugh. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. You guys have done a great job, kind of highlighting all the same, kind of like pros to it that i saw um well yeah i'll give reason to pass uh on this <laughs> about having great features because this is just a good song so yeah i like it so interesting so this kind of makes because so when i heard isaiah rashad start this song i was like this is a very interesting way to like you know like i mean feature starting songs thing you know happens but like i don't know the way it, it just i don't know if this whole thing felt a lot more isaiah rashad vibe makes sense so in an interview this month that Reason did with Paper Magazine, he broke down the process of the song. He says Isaiah Rashad actually started that record. And he has a thing where he'll start records and not finish them, unfortunately. He told me he wanted me to put a verse on there. We were supposed to originally go back and forth. And Jid, a super close friend of mine, Jid actually hit me while I was in the studio making that record. And he was just on FaceTime. And I played some of the record for him and he fucked with it. Instead of me sending it back to Zay first, I sent it to Jid first, and Jid ended up putting the crazy verse on it. So it ended up being what it was today. So this was actually Isaiah Rashad's, Isaiah Rashad's song that he started, and then just sent to Reason, and then Reason just finished it and put it on his album. Bet he, bet he wishes yeah, he see, now. I, I don't know if that makes me. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me like it more or less in terms of <laughs> the whole album, you know, mm-hmm. in the context. The man took it and made straight heat, Alan. What is there to... <laughs> my... See, but he took it. My iPhone shut down That's... with the temperature warning. What are you... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm. you're right. I'm being obnoxious. This is just a really good song. You're right. 
And apparently it is fairly common, like fairly common in the industry for someone to like send someone a song with like a beat on it. And like, they just ended up putting it, just buy the beat from them and putting it on their own album. Uh, X's, one of X's biggest song, Fuck Love. It was the most played song in SoundCloud history at one point. Um, that was in Trippy Red's a feature on that song. That was originally Trippy Red's song that he had X get on. And then X just decided to put it on his own album. And so apparently, like, this is a fairly, I guess, commonplace thing in the industry where if you decide, hey, I want the song, can I have it? Sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a little much, but okay. <laughs> um, 11 a.m. fire from Milo. Wow. So I thought, okay, so I, Milo, I thought it was so funny how you just said how, like, once you heard this song, you were like, you know what? I don't, it doesn't matter from here on out what this man does. This is great, perfect, whatever. Funny you say that because the last three songs to me, I have damn near no notes for because they just kind of bore the shit out of me. <laughs> I have nothing for them. Alan, Wait, okay, anything? I'll say, I'll be positive. I, um, I actually like the song West Side. Okay. And that's the one, it really sounds more like, a, it reminded me of the 2000s a lot more because mm. it's so like R&B inspired and it has, um, I guess her name is Mariba or Mariba. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely would categorize it more as like, not trying to be anything that is explicitly Kendrick Lamar, but this was kind of a throwback vibe for me. And there were, like even in the pre-chorus when they're talking about cuss and fight and fuss and fight and shit and just going through relationship problems i felt like it was a nice little switch up for the tone of the album overall um so that's west fair. side i did dig that's fair the of the last three songs i didn't dislike any of them i just i also well, i stopped taking notes the only i made one exception for windows cry I just i just wrote it wasn't a strong ending I feel that yeah. could have been a much stronger ending to an album, but I I uh, I didn't hate West Side. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, I just felt like it was already because like so. Also, while you were gone, uh, Alan, I mentioned how like this album definitely feels like it's in two distinct halves. First half is more upbeat, you know, a little more poppy, whatever for the most part, and then the second half very much takes a more somber, slower feel to it. And to me, these last, you know, few songs definitely uh, accentuate that. Um, and it just kind of gets, it gets like too low energy at a point where it's just kind of like, ah, okay, like I'm tired now. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I felt listening to the last few songs on this album. All right, um, so we want to talk about the spiciness? I'm down. Um, so I, I'm gonna say that I feel like I'm gonna give this a spicy. It's a spicy. Um, you know, it's barely makes spicy, but it's a spicy. It's a good, good album. Uh, you get great features, like as we mentioned this whole time, great features. Um, Reason puts in, you know, great bars and verses here. You know, he doesn't always hit it every time, but for the most part, I feel like he hits it. Um, you know, uh, it's just sometimes I feel like it was like a little directionless at points, you know? Um, and like it almost, at points it, found, it sounded like a compilation of songs and at other points it did sound very theme oriented. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like the album could have been put together better maybe, but you know, individual like song wise, like, I don't think it was, bad i think it was pretty decent and I, i'd recommend it to people like if i had to like tell people about reason i would i would still probably recommend this over his first album you know because the songs in general are better quality whereas you know i think i liked his his two big hits off his first album i did like better than most of the stuff on this one um they were they were just only reason no features and they went hard as hell but that being said in terms of the overall quality i think this album's better um alan so I feel kind of bad saying not spicy, uh, even though that is kind of where I'm going to rule. And that's because when I think of like a food that's spicy, I think of something that's going to kind of like surprise me, that's going to bring something new to the table that kind of catches me off my guard. And that really didn't happen all that much on this album. I thought there was like 
really good songs on it. Like we've talked about like at least three of them that I think I'll listen to again. But overall it was like, okay, this sounds like a song I already really like. Like Milo, you mentioned there was a song that sounded like Money Trees and I thought there was a song that sounded like DNA. And it's it's hard for me to get away from that, even though I'll admit there are definitely good songs that I think are definitely worth checking out on this album. But in terms of like, this is meat and potatoes, you know, this is going to hold you over if you want a new TDE album. But it's not going to just be like lip smacking spicy. So I'm going to go not spicy, but the album is pretty decent overall, I'd say. Milo? I'll say it was uh, spicy. And what's really pulling it through is the, well, are the, are the lyricism and the production quality. Uh, I won't say <clears throat> so much like the, the features are good, don't get me wrong, but that's not what's really dictating my decision. It's just like, if I were somebody who wanted to learn how to, like who was going to release a mixtape and wanted some rappers to emulate or study, among Tyler, the creator, and J. Cole, Aubrey, Logic, Snow Pressure, looking for like lyricism and how to how to have presence on an album, I would definitely definitely rank Reason among those. And the production quality was just too good to say that it was bland or not. Yeah, it's it's a spicy for me, hands down. Fair, fair. Um, favorite songs. Um, naturally, I was originally gonna pick Pop Shit and Favorite Nigga. But after talking about this with y'all, no, uh, no, I'm gonna stick on my original too. I'm gonna stick on my original too. So even though they're not the, even though they're not the strongest reason, you know, songs, but like his verses, you know, they were my favorite songs, which is what this is. And so even though they're not the best showcase of reason, my favorite songs are favorite nigga and pop shit. Alan. So I'm going to, there are a few songs I liked and I also, I mean, one of my favorite verses on this whole album is Schoolboy on Pop Shit. So I'm definitely going to pick Pop Shit as one knowing you voted for it. Mm-hmm. And then for the other one, I'm actually going to pick Fall because I think Fall really kind of encapsulates. Is it Fall or Fell? It's Fall. It's Fall? Like okay. I had noticed I it. Yeah, I'm looking at oh, it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Said fall. Phil, um, I said Phil. But, My bad, Phil. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I picked Fall because it kind of encapsulates like what Milo was saying, where he can pull out these good storytelling type verses, and he's also not leaning on a feature to really carry him through. And I feel like being able to get a song like Pop Shit, where we do have the kind of like banger song that fucking has Schoolboy Q, who comes in and delivers what I think is a better verse than Reasons. On fall, we get the opposite, where Reason's going to really come through and impress you with the storytelling, and the feature is just going to be a good supporting voice in the chorus. Mm-hmm. So, Milo? So, my original two are going to be I Can Make It and I Can Make It and Extinct, because I think they showcase his lyrical ability as well as that of people who's rapping, uh, rapping with. I guess I can't argue with the fact that pop shit is going on the playlist. So I, I guess we need to have a discussion about whether we choose fall favorite nigga or extinct. So I would actually be willing to see. What were you going to say I, first? <laughs> see, I was going to say I would change pop shit out for extinct. Uh, the reason I really feel strongly about fall just because that is the one that is not having a feature on the verse. And when I think of an album appetizer, I want someone to see him rapping at his highest potential without necessarily a good feature on at least one of the two songs that we pick, right? So, but I would be more than willing to, if Mark, you wanted to, I'd be more than willing to move pop shit um, into extinct, but yeah. Um, See, I'm the opposite. (laughs) A pop shit I want to keep. I'd be willing to get rid of favorite nigga for extinct though, um, because as much as I love the production of favorite nigga, it is the production that carries me for that song, not the rapping or the lyricism. Whereas on extinct, great features, good production, 
And I feel like Reason holds his own. I think Reason versus Solid. Um, you know, I'll um, I'll take I'll, I can take Fall Off. I think that's okay. It's a great song, but um, I mean Fall. I highly people go go listen to Fall. Like it's it's yeah. really a great song. Just go listen to it. <laughs> it might not go on a playlist, but go listen to that song. <laughs> so we'll throw Pop Shit on there for sure. All right. So Pop Shit and Extinct. That sounds about right. Yeah. Right. So we are throwing Pop Shit and Extinct onto the album appetizers playlist on Spotify. Make sure you're following that that playlist, checking it out. There's it's getting decently long at this how many, point. How many songs are brought on there? Uh we have we're going up to thirty this week. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's that's a solid I don't know, hour plus two hours. Yeah. Um it's on Spotify. Check it out. Um, Maybe start but, your morning with some hungry hip hop. You know, just play some music, get some tea, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's the good and the bad. Um, <laughs> so without further ado, can I announce what we will be doing next week? Ooh, please do. Okay. So one of my favorite albums of all time, Stankonia by Outkast, is turning 20 years old on October 31st. Um, it is Outkast's third album. Uh, they come through in the year 2000. And when we talk about this, you're going to see an album with fantastic features that bring a lot to the table that are unique, but don't outshine Outkast. You're going to see genre, genre fusions coming from like kind of early 2000s rap rock with songs on the beginning all the way down to, I don't know, get straight gospel songs as well all told between these like excellent excellent futuristic sounding rap and when you listen to this album you're going to be like god damn this album is from 2000 you're going to really see how much groundwork this laid for the 2000s and the decade that really made rap kind of burst onto the scene um so again it's called stankonia by outcast and it's just like you'll hear me raving about it more uh but it's fucking great so I'm really excited to talk about it. It was uh was Killer Mike on that one? Was oh yeah, that the one they got a Grammy for. Okay, yeah, because I remember he got a Grammy for being on a Outcast album. I wasn't sure if it was that one though. Killer Mike, Erica Badu, like <laughs> just a lot of great. <laughs> Sound like an evil van one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years old, guys. Anyway, thanks for checking out this album, and we will be back for an episode that I'm fucking hyped for next week. Later, guys. Peace. Ciao.